Awesome, church. Hey, if I haven't had the joy and the privilege to meet you yet, my name is Chow, and I have the honor of being our location pastor here today. And hey, I just want to extend a warm welcome and hello to you if you are new. And church, as we're celebrating our new guests here, let's also celebrate our online family as well. What's up, online family? Glad that you guys are tuning in here with us. And hey, if you are new, we as a church, we are in a series called Home Sweet Home. Home Sweet Home. And it's all about the blessings of a healthy local church. And I don't know about y'all, but over the last three weeks, I've been just so um, just thrilled to dig into God's word and to learn more about the church and uh, to learn more about how God designed the gathering to be. And so with that, we're going to get straight into our passage in here today. But before we do so, I want you guys to do an exercise with me, okay? All right, everyone take a deep breath. Inhale, exhale. One more time. Inhale, exhale. Come on, let's celebrate yourself for that, for participating. Really, that breath was for me to kind of catch up from the prayer and the amazing worship. But no, uh, we're definitely glad and we're excited. I'm excited for uh, us being here. But hey, if you have your Bibles, let's go to Acts chapter 12. We're going to be in Acts chapter 12 here today. And hey, if you don't have your Bibles, don't worry. We're going to have it on the screens. But what I want to do first before we get into our scripture is I want to give a little bit of context in the book of Acts. So the book of Acts is known as the Acts of the Apostles. And it takes place right after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And so Acts picks up when Jesus resurrected. He appeared to his disciples. And he said, hey, don't leave Jerusalem until you receive the gift of the Father. And we come to find out that the gift of the Father was the Holy Spirit. And so the day of Pentecost came, the Holy Spirit came, and the believers were filled with the Spirit. And one person there, his name was Peter, an, earlier, an early follower of Jesus. And he preached a message, and 3,000 people got saved in one day. And so this accounts for the beginnings of the church. It accounts for the genesis of the local church. And so here's the thing. When the church got started, it wasn't like how we experience here today in America, but they were facing extreme persecution, both from the leading authorities and the religious figures at the time. So Rome was actually an empire that was taking over the world. And it just so happens that in Israel, they've conquered that area. And they set up a leader there to oversee that land. And his name was King Herod. And so we're going to pick it up here in verse 12. And we're going to read about the early church. And as we, as we read here, I want you guys to pay attention on how God describes the church and what the church did. What was their function? Okay. You guys ready? Acts chapter 12? Yes. All right. It says this. About that time, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church. He had the apostle James, John's brother, killed with a sword. When Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish people, he also arrested Peter. This took place during the Passover celebration. Then he imprisoned him, placing under the guard of four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring Peter out for public trial after the Passover. But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. 
The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate. Suddenly, there was a bright light in the cell, and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, Quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrists. Then the angel told him, Get dressed, put on your sandals. And he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. So Peter left the cell following the angel, but all the time he thought it was a vision. He didn't realize it was actually happening. They passed the first and second guard posts and came to the iron gate leading into the city. And this opened for them all by itself. So they passed through and started walking down the street, and then the angel suddenly left him. Peter finally came to his senses. It's really true, he said. The Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod and from what the Jewish leaders had planned to do to me. When he realized this, he went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where many were gathered for prayer. And so church, as we can see from this short story, there's so much going on within the passages here. And what I want to do, church, is I want to equip you all on how to read the word of God, on how to study God's word. Because in scripture, you're going to come across various different stories. And what I want to equip you guys with is to look for these things in your story. Now, there are three stages that took place within the scripture, all right? So the, the first stage that took place in the scripture here and something that you can look for as you read the word of God is you want to begin to identify the conflict within the text, the conflict within the text. Everyone say conflict. Conflict. All right? And so after you identify the conflict, you want to look for what was the response, what was the response? What was the action that took place from the conflict? Response. All right. And then the last thing that you want to look for as you journey through different stories is you want to look for the results. And I know that when you follow this formula, you're going to have an x-ray vision into the word of God. And as we center our thoughts and our mind here today on this passage, the big idea that I want to present to you today and I want to present our online family is that when the church prays, miracles happen. Yes. Yes. When the church prays, miracles happen. And so if you're, if you're taking notes, really this thought is going to anchor us today when it comes to a praying church. So that's actually my message for us today, if you want to take that in your notes, a praying church. So what we're going to do now is we're going to go back into the story. And as we go into the stories, we're going to identify these three areas. And for each one, I want to give us an encouragement on these areas. And it's all going to be centered around a praying church. Okay? So as we go through this, I want you guys to participate and do this exercise. With you. Maybe if you can identify what was the conflict, what was the response, what was the results. So let's start first with a conflict. 
All right, let's go back to verses 3 to 4. It said this. It says, when Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish people, he also arrested Peter. This took place during the Passover celebration. Then he imprisoned him, placing him under the guard of four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring Peter out for a public trial after the Passover. So the conflict within this story, the tension within this story, was Peter being placed in prison. Peter was being placed in prison. But here's the thing. Wouldn't you think, because Peter was following Jesus, he was following the Lord, wouldn't his life be easy? Wouldn't he have an amazing experience following Jesus? But the reality is, Jesus says, in this world, we will have trials. Yeah. Right? But Jesus encouraged us, don't be afraid, don't worry, because I have overcome the world. I have triumphed over the world. And so just know that in life, life will happen, and you're going to encounter various different trials in your life. And it's just part of human nature because there's sin that's in the world, and we are all broken. And so here's the encouragement. The encouragement is you're not alone in your trials. You're not alone in your conflict. But you have a healthy local church that is with you. And so the big thought is this, a healthy church is made up of people who support and pray for each other in all situations. Yeah. A healthy church is made up of people who support and pray for each other in all situations. I love that. I love that function as a church is because in this trial, in this trouble, I'm not alone, but I have a healthy group of people next to me that's going to support and support uh, me in various different trials, right? And I believe that relationships are pivotal for encouragement. Church relationships are pivotal for encouragement. It says this here in Hebrews 10, 25. It says, and, not, and let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Encourage one another. Encourage one another. And church, I believe that with us, within our church community, the church, church and prayer doesn't have to be a boring thing. Church and prayer can be a life-giving thing where we're injecting hope, where we're injecting life, where we're injecting fun into our church experience. And, you know, just yesterday, just speaking of fun, uh, myself and a few other men were actually able to go out and play paintball together. And I just love being able to just gather and do life outside of church on a Sunday. And uh, matter of fact, just yesterday as we were playing paintball, Lance Uri, one of our amazing superheroes here, you know, we were, we were playing team deathmatch and we were, you know, going full forward. And I saw Lance at the corner of my eye. I saw him rolling on the ground. <laughs> and I came up to him afterwards. I'm like, Lance. That was an amazing maneuver. That was like strategic maneuver. Like, he's like, no, Pastor Chow, I fell. <laughs> I was rolling around. Well, I was like, dude, like, you, it worked. You didn't get shot at. You came alive, and we won the game. So, 
But the point is this, like the entire time that we were there gathered for people, it was all smiles, it was all joy, and you just see that it was a church gathering, but there was so much fun and encouragement when we gathered there together, and I actually had a chance to talk to one of our men that was there, and he had shared, he said, Chow, this has actually been one of the toughest week for me. So just this week, I had to go to the hospital twice for one of my child, and we just had a health scare for him. But he said, the time that I was here, and he reached out afterwards, he said, man, this really lifted up my spirit when I was in a group of guys, and I felt supported, I felt encouraged. And so I love that as a church, we don't have to get in all somber, but it can be fun and it can be life-giving. And I want to speak to the leaders in the room right now. I truly believe that when you grow in your faith with Jesus, something in you wants to encourage other people. Something in you wants to be life-giving for those around you. And so just know that you're not a thermometer, you're a thermostat. You set the temperature of the room, you set the energy in the room, and when you begin to speak life into your people, you're going to see God move in a fresh new way. So the church made up of people who support and pray for each other. All right, so let's move on here, right? So that was the conflict. Let's go on to the response. Well, what happened in this text? What was the response? Let's go to verse 5. It says, but while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. The church prayed very earnestly for him. So we can see that a response here from the text was that the church prayed. That's right. But if you actually look a little bit deeper into the text, there was actually two responses, right? The church prayed, but what did Peter do? He slept. Now, hold, hold, hold up a minute here, right? Think about this, church. Imagine you being put in prison, and the next day you're going to face execution. Would you be able to sleep soundly, even to the point where in order to wake you up, an angel had to come to smack you on the side to actually get you up? Wow. And I, I would think to myself, like, well, how? How did Peter was able to sleep through all that? And here's the encouragement part. I believe Peter was reminded of a time where he was on a boat. And on that boat, Jesus was there. And there were storms, there were waves, and they were so scared that they were about to sink. They woke up Jesus and said, hey, master, teacher, aren't you concerned? We're about to perish. Aren't you worried? And then Jesus got up and he says, why are you afraid? Why do you have little faith? And the Bible said that Jesus spoke to the wind and the waves, and there was a calm. We can celebrate that. And the disciples were filled with awe and fear. It's like, who is this man that even the winds and the waves obey him? And I believe in this moment right here, the student became the teacher. And in a tough time, he was able to sleep. And so maybe you're in here today, and maybe you don't know Jesus, and you're trying this God thing out for the first time. Here's the encouragement. You have a peace that surpasses all knowledge. You have access to a peace that will help you through any tough times. And it's all through walking with Jesus. But we're not going to talk about this response, right? We're talking about a praying church today, right? 
So a praying church, the church prayed together. They gathered and they prayed together. And so I believe that sometimes when we go through tough trials and, and we're stuck in life somewhere, we naturally don't pray. And specifically, we don't pray with other believers. But here's the encouragement. Prayer should not be a last resort, but a first response. Prayer should not be a last resort, but a first response. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 through 18 says this, Never stop praying. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstance, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So you see, church, as believers, God commands us to always be praying, to always keep prayer first. And as I was preparing for this, I, I, I got to a spot. I'm like, well, why don't we, in our human nature, why don't we reach out for prayer? Why don't we reach out to other people to bring people in to pray with us? And I just had a few here, and maybe you can identify it with. Well, maybe you're feeling shame. Maybe you're feeling ashamed of what you did or the, the struggle that you're in, and you don't want to open up to somebody. Maybe it's fear. It's a fear that others would view you differently. Maybe you're afraid that when you open up and share your prayer request that this individual may see you differently. And leaders, if the leaders are in the room right now, if you're leading something, I think that this really pertains to leaders because we're afraid, hey, if I open this up, will they see me as a leader? Wow. Lastly here, maybe we don't open up to other people for prayers. Maybe you feel you're a burden on others. Maybe if you share this, you feel like you're burdening someone. Well, I want to encourage you with this. You are not a burden, but God has called you to get into community, to find encouragement, to find hope. And think about it this way, right? If you're like, man, like, uh, if I'm going to the restaurant, I'm not going to say, man, I don't want to order anything. I don't want to burden the chef. I don't want him to, uh, to cook. Wow. And it's the same thing with the church, right? We are designed to pray. We are designed to lift people up, to bring encouragement into their lives. And so the response is always to pray first as a first response. And... As we journey on, let's go on to the results, right? Well, what is the result from this passage? Verse 7 says this, Suddenly there was a bright light in the cell, and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to waken him and said, Quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrist. And so the result in this story was breakthrough. Breakthrough. In this case, it was a jailbreak. <laughs> but do you see that, church? When we see this formula of conflict and when we respond in prayer and in faith, we're going to experience the breakthrough. And I believe sometimes when we go through different conflicts, maybe you're in the room right now and you have been praying and you have been seeking to lift up your prayers and your petitions to God, but you're not getting any breakthrough. Well, here's the encouragement that I want to give you for the results portion. God moves when we gather for prayer. Online family, God moves when we gather for prayer. And the key word there is to gather, to gather. 
Matthew 18, 19 to 20 says this, I also tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. Two or three gather as my followers, I am there among them. So what does that tell us? That tells us that something happens differently when we bring other people in to our prayers. Something happens supernaturally when it's just not you praying anymore. And so to uh, demonstrate this, uh, Trey, will you come up to the stage? Give it up for Trey, everybody. Come on up, brother. So I'm going to have you stand on this side over here, right? So, Trey, what I'm going to have you to do, awesome, you're looking handsome, by the way. So much. Good to see you, man. <laughs> so what I'm going to have you do is I want to have you hold this piece of paper here, right? And you're going to hold it up at the top. Okay. All right? So in this illustration, this pen is going to represent me praying my prayers. And you're just going to hold it up at the top. All right? So as I'm praying, you can let this hand go. Perfect. As I'm praying and I'm believing for a breakthrough, right? God, move in this area. This is my prayer, right? (laughs) (laughs) You shaking there a little bit? Right? Yeah, move it out over there. (laughs) But you see, I can be here all day and pray and not receive any breakthrough at all. But the Bible says, gather two or three, right? So, Ogechi, do you mind coming up to the stage here for us? Give it up for Ogechi, everybody. I'm going to give you a hand so you don't... All right. So, Ogechi, what I want you to do is now try to hold this with this hand here. And Ogechi, come on this side. And you're going to hold this paper. Put some distance here. Perfect. I I need your guys' faith, okay? Put some tension on the piece of paper, right? Hold it nice and tight. So now I'm not alone in my prayers anymore, but I have other people there with me. And so sometimes when you have other... Hold it nice and tight, people, okay? When you have other people there, it's no longer just you anymore, but you got a faith to let go. Let's try to get it. There we go. Come on, church. Come on, let's get up for a train. I'll get you, everybody. Thank you guys so much. Yep. Really, I just wanted to show you guys this card here. We're starting a new series called Sand and Stars, everybody. You can pick this up on the way out. What? Awesome stuff. Now, if you guys are here for the third service, make sure you keep cool, right, when we, when we do this illustration. All right, keep cool. But no, isn't that the truth, though? When you bring other people in, that's when you're going to experience the breakthrough that you're waiting for. And as we journey on, when it talks about breakthrough, I actually want to share a quick testimony with you all um, in the idea of the church gathering for prayer. So we have this individual here at church, a faithful man, ser- faithful man serving here at the church. And he actually had to go through a health journey quite recently. And so he told our pastors, and our pastor's instruction for him was get into community, allow your leaders to pray for you, allow them to lay a hand on you. And I want to read you this letter that he sent. He said this, The impact of the church's prayer in my life while I was going through my cancer process was immense. It gave me a sense of community and support during a very difficult time. It also gave me hope and strength to keep fighting. When I was first diagnosed with cancer, I was scared and alone. 
I didn't know what to expect or how I was going to get through it, but then I learned that my church was praying for me. People I didn't even know were lifting me up in prayer. I was so comforted to know that I wasn't alone in this fight. The church's prayer gave me hope, and I knew that God was with me, and he would never leave me. I believed that he would heal me, and that he would give me strength to keep going. The church's prayer was a lifeline for me during my cancer process. It gave me the strength, the hope, and the support I needed to get through it. I am so grateful for the prayers of my church family. In addition to the emotional support that I received from the church's prayers, I also believe the prayers had a physical impact on my healing. I know that it's not always possible to cure cancer with just prayer alone, but I believe that the prayers help to strengthen my immune system and make me more receptive to the treatments I was receiving. I am now cancer-free. And I believe the prayers of my church family played a major role in my healing. I am so grateful for the support. I will never forget the impact that their prayers had on my life. Church, can we give glory to God one more time for that praise support? Powerful. But what I loved about this individual's story was that he was obedient to getting in community. He was obedient in the instruction of allowing others to come around him and to pray for him. And um, as I close out later, I'm going to give you some instructions on maybe you need some prayer today and how to gather with people in your church family. Okay? And so, hey, we talked about conflict, response, results, and the encouragement there. And now what I get excited for is to talk a little bit about Highlight Church, uh, uh, how our church is a praying church. Because uh, we can see that we should do these things, but how does it play out in our own culture here today? So if, if you may or may not know, we as a church, we actually didn't start here in Gaithersburg, but we started in Florida. So Pastor Joshua and his amazing wife, Pastor Kyra, they lived in Florida, and there was a small group of us there that uh, were gathered, and we were ready to launch the church here in Gaithersburg. And so we would meet here, or we'd meet in Florida in 2015, and we would gather at Pastor Joshua's house. And it'd be in the evening time, and I remember it's like 8 o'clock, I'd be driving uh, from work about an hour away, and we would gather there, and we would open up the Word of God together, we would go through church culture together, and we would go through things to set us up for when we launch. Matter of fact, I have a photo that I want to share with you all here today. So this is actually a photo of uh, the living room, Pastor Joshua's living room that we're in. And I think we were talking about an amazing atmosphere when we launched the church. But if you notice, right below the TV screen, there are postcards there, or post-its. And on those post-its, there were names of the people who lived in the city. So we would go onto our Instagram and our Facebook, and anyone who liked our page or followed us, and we could get a name, we would write their names down. And then we would literally be an extended prayer for people that we have not yet to meet. We would be an extended prayer for a city that we haven't even entered in yet. So just know, church, that even before Highlight Church started, we were praying for this church, we were praying for this city, and we were praying for you that God would move in your life. And so fast forward, 
So uh, in 2016, we finally moved here, May of 2016, together. And we didn't know anybody here in the city at all. And it was just a group of uh, nine of us. And so what we did back then, and it was like our highlight the city kind of event, we called it City Hangs, where we would set up a fun time for the community, and we'd have ice cream, and we would have a water balloon fight, and just fun. And we invite the community out just to have a great time together. And we set up this big event to invite all those that uh, we came across in contact. I actually have another photo. This is myself and Pastor Joshua, but uh, we met at a park, and any cars that would drive past, we'd be like, hey, free ice cream, join us for uh, our city hangs here today. And nobody came. It was like we're, we, we, we got in, we were so excited, we planned it as a group for a major amount of time, and maybe two or three people came up. And right then and there, we had to pause as a group. And we're like, hey, we need to pray in this moment. We need to pray that God would send us people. So we prayed that prayer, and less than 20 minutes later, people started coming out of nowhere. Like, we didn't even expect them to start walking and people getting out their cars. And I actually have a second photo here that I want to show you. We had over 30 people show up to enjoy uh, our, our city hangs here. And it was such a great time. And this was the, the start of our church before we even met in a building. And the last photo that I want to show you here, too, is that when we started having a water balloon fight and, 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 and fun together, you're going to notice here, and this photo wasn't edited at, at all. You guys see the rainbow yeah. right in the middle of the, the, the field there. And mind you, if you look at the skies, it was clear. It was sunny out. And never in my life have I experienced before a rainbow appear on a sunny day out of nowhere. And I believe it's because God had honored the prayers of his church he had honored the prayers of his people. And so that's why I get so excited for prayer. That's why I get so excited when the church gathers together and pray, because you're going to see miracles happen. And as we begin to close on out here today, now we know that, hey, the church was designed to be a praying church, and Highlight Church is a praying church. I want to give us three quick prayer points that we can all collectively gather and pray for. Because as we saw, right, when we gather together, God moves. So I want to give you guys three things that we can join in here together. Number one, that God would use our church to reach the lost. That God would use our church to reach the lost. 1 Timothy 2.3, this is good and pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and understand the truth. So God wants everyone, God wants his people to know the truth and experience eternal life. And we have this honor and this privilege to be used by God to reach the lost. And how awesome it is that every Sunday we get to gather here and, you know, we experience prayer and the good news is being spread and people are experiencing breakthrough. We get a chance to continue to move forward on that. Number two, the second prayer point that God would use our church to impact our city. That God would use our church to impact our city. Jeremiah 29.7, and work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. 
So when we seek to bless our city, when we seek to make a difference in our city, our lives get blessed through the process. So we're going to pray that God use our church to have an impact on the city. And then lastly here, that God would raise up leaders and finances for the kingdom work. That God would raise up leaders and finances for the kingdom work. Matthew 9.37 says this. It says, He said to his disciples, The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. And ask him to send more workers in his fields.